You're listening to the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast with Tommy Kalonen, a proud member of the Denim Audio Network. Welcome to the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast, where we talk to innovative artists, creative pastors, church planners, entrepreneurs, and people creating movements. Our goal is to inspire and equip you in ministry, music, and the marketplace. I'm your host, Tommy Urban D. Kalonen. What's up, Flavor Fest family? I am super excited about today's podcast. It's episode 19, and it's a guy that I've been trying to get on this podcast since episode one. That's right. That's right. I'm serious. Uh, I, I've been trying. We Our schedules just have not been lining up, but finally it lined up today, and you're going to hear from none other than KB, Kevin Burgess. That's right, of HGA, of Native Supply uh, formerly of Reach Records, and now he's with another, like, like, yo, this guy has been doing his thing for a minute, and we go way back. Before we jump into that, though, um, you are listening to the Flavor Fest Leadership Podcast, and if you didn't know, Flavor Fest is an actual leadership conference that we've been doing for over 20 years now. That's right. And we didn't get to do it in 2020 in person We did a virtual version for everybody, but listen, in 2021, we are back. That's right. Officially, we are back. It's going down in person in Tampa, Florida at the Host Spot Crossover Church, and you're going to hear some more history about Crossover and Flavor Fest uh, during this podcast with KB, but it's going down October the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, that whole weekend. There's going to be workshops, there's going to be general sessions, there's going to be an outreach that happens, there's going to be two nights of festival concerts with multiple stages, there's going to be uh, beat battles, breakdancing battles, there's going to be freestyling competitions, beatboxing competitions, there's going to be all kinds of incredible stuff, graffiti expos. That weekend, it gathers together uh, so many people that are in the urban ministry and music space. So if you are a pastor, a youth pastor, a church leader, uh, you want to be there. If you are an artist, a producer, a DJ, somebody that does merch, that has a business, that's an entrepreneur, like you want to be there. There's so many creative minds that come together, so many innovators, movement creators they come to FlavorFest. And so listen, you don't want to miss it. Uh, FlavorFest.org has all the details. So you can go and get registered. You can see the schedule. You can see some of the artists we have coming. You can see some of the speakers, uh, some of the breakout workshop tracks. So you can see some highlight videos from the past if you've never been before. But if you've been anywhere around this space, you have probably heard about FlavorFest. Listen, you don't want to miss it this year. In the meantime, I want to encourage you guys, stay connected right here to the podcast. Maybe you're just discovering it for the first time. We got a bunch of great content we're going to produce uh, leading up to Flavor Fest. Uh, in addition to that, if you are a pastor or you are a church planner, you're getting ready to plan a church, um, I, I lead a network called the Innovative Pastors Network. And there's a couple dozen pastors that are a part of that. Every month we're sharing innovative ideas that we are using right now in real time as we come out of the pandemic and things that have been working incredibly right here at Crossover Church. I mean, we are coming out of this pandemic way stronger than when we went into it. 
And that's because we've innovated in a lot of different ways. If you want to find out some information about that, um, it's, in the, it's in the links in, that are below. It's translationleadership.com. Um, you can get signed up to be, be part of the Innovative Pastors Network. And so today, we're going to jump right to it, y'all. We're going to jump right to it. My man, KB, we go way back. We got a lot of history. So, um, I mean, everybody I bring on this podcast is someone that I have a personal relationship with to some degree, and I know. Uh, but this guy, man, I've known him for probably a good, like, 13, 14, 15 years now. And I've literally got to watch him grow up. And it's been super exciting. I'm super proud of him to see how far he's come. So I'm, I'm going to share some crazy stories. I'm going to pull some ones out uh, in this podcast and even some stuff that the Lord just dropped on my memory. Even in the middle of our conversation, we had a lot of fun together talking. And you're going to hear how Flavor Fest was really a big part of KB's journey and brought him to where he is today. And he actually shares that. So let's get to it, y'all. Here's my interview with KB. KB, what's going on, man? Welcome to the podcast, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Pastor T. Yeah, man. We go way back. We got a lot of history here in Tampa, here in the 813. And uh, before you first started coming around the crossover, you probably don't even remember this, man. But I remember the first impression I had. First time I met you, I slid in to the back of a workshop that you were doing at USF. And, oh, and you I must, remember that. You must have been like, I think, 16 or something. Yes. And there was yeah. a table set up, and it was this workshop about Christian hip-hop. And yeah. a guy from Crossover, you know, a Crossover OG, Brother Greg. Yeah. Brother if Greg. you've ever been to Crossover and you've been to the hip-hop shop, Brother Greg yeah. is that older gentleman that's back there, um, you know, selling the CDs. Well, it ain't even CDs anymore. We just got merch. CDs back. are pretty much back. gone, right? But Brother Greg was all excited, man. Yo, you got to come see these young dudes, man. And so I slid in the back, me and uh, Tone, Pastor Tone, Tone Bruno, shout out to him. And uh, I remember when they introduced you and you first came up to the mic, the first thing you said, you, we could tell already, like, you were the leader of, of this, you know, pack uh, of young bucks. You uh, got up to the mic and said, yeah, my name is uh, Kevin Burgess, a.k.a. KB. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the, Praise Lord. the Lord, everybody, man. Blessing fall on the head of this house. <laughs> And, and like you guys were like really street, but there was like all this churchy language that that yeah, was like mixed in. But it we was, thought that's what that was a part of being a good Christian because we we kind of got into church culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of how we were shaped in the beginning. That's how you were molded. But man, there was a passion, yeah, yeah. and you guys were passionate about man. There's people dying in the streets, and we're trying to teach them about Jesus. And I remember like one of the guys, I think it was Second Chance. He got like he stood up and was sharing, and he got so excited, he flipped the table. And, yes. and people, there were some white people in the room. I remember some white students, and they were like, "Oh, like, oh what? my goodness, what's happening? <laughs> Look at this angry black guy. Oh my goodness, what's going on?" And so you guys had to go around him and put your, "Hey man, it's okay." It's okay, bro. It's, it's going to be all yes. right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I remember that because I've only done one workshop at USF, and that was it. That it's was probably, the one, and I was there for it, man. Out of that bug. So, uh, but, yeah, yeah. So, man, it's it's so interesting. I, my, my story with Tampa began um, uh, before I moved to Tampa. I was born in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Southside rabbi. Southside rabbi, Southside, Southside. And then uh, – I was commuting back and forth from St. Pete to Tampa, and I moved to Tampa when I was 18. But I had ran into this group of brothers 
um, who and, and a few sisters, but it was it was like three or four brothers: mm-hmm. Gary, uh, Nago, G eighty six, G eighty six. Yo, I, real quick, I was at an event last night, and somebody. Yeah. I, I was speaking at Center Manifestation Church last night. And oh, some, shoot, okay. Some, some lady came up to me and she was like, she's like, young man, you, you played Jesus, didn't you? At, at, uh, at, at Without Walls a few years back. I said, no, man, that, ma'am, that was not me. That was my friend Gary. Some people yeah. say he's like my brother. He's a lot bigger than me. I was like, yes. that, that was Gary. <laughs> yes, man. And Gary, Gary was mentoring all of us back yeah. then. He was leading us back then, and Gary he played Stable, Jesus every year, and he played Jesus at the Sun Dome at USF yep. every year. Yep. The man was a local celebrity, bro. Yep. And uh, but anyways, Gary is, and, and not even a was, he is still in my life. And yeah, you I guys was, are boxing together, right? Uh huh. Yep. Yep. He's in my small group as well. Dope. Um. So yeah, he's he's still gang gang. And uh, but I, I was drawn to this group of brothers. Uh, you mentioned Second Chance. I had never met anybody more courageous, more unashamed, uh, more passionate about what he believed. Yeah. Um, and he spit and, and he really showed me the ropes, not I mean into music, but yeah. also just into what it means to like be out here. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. to be talking to the people in the mess, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I was drawn into that and that grew into HGA. And, uh, and before you knew it, you know, we, we were doing Bible studies and 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 disciple doing everything besides baptizing and marrying folks, right? Yep, yep. Um and uh and then we found a home at crossover. Um uh, and uh and that's where Pastor Pastor Tommy in a lot of ways took me under his wing. I know you've told some stories about your when I first started coming around, like when I felt God calling me to crossover. I had left this church I was at before. Yeah. They were doing some wild stuff there um and uh, it's like it was like a wrecking ball going through that mug and uh yeah, y'all, started, y'all came with some church hurt for real and oh, some baggage and like some so authority mean. abuse yes you know, we had to kind of like just stuff, help you man. guys heal from that stuff yes yeah. i had a youth pastor curse me out and, and try to fight me in the parking lot um and he was upset that i was leaving church early you know yeah. what I'm saying? It was, it was literally nothing else had happened. I didn't like, I hadn't like, you know, you know, went off on him earlier or shot him a, a threat. That man was just having a bad day. But, uh, but I remember I had, I stopped, I didn't, I wasn't going to a church and I was still tithing a 10, 10% of what I was making off of CD sales. Yeah. And I had this little box that I, I, um, kept on my dresser. And Bro, I, was I remember that story. That. You were just, you were saving it up. I was like, I'm going to give this to my church, whatever, wherever it's like, going to be God. eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Lord showed me crossover. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm going. So yeah. I went to get that box and I opened that box up and it was about empty. Somebody had been robbing me <laughs> for the last six months. I remember you told me that story. You're like, Pastor T, what do I do? Like, I was faithfully putting it in here, and there's all these people in and out of my apartment, and somebody yeah. robbed the Tide box. me blind, man. And I was just like, bro, listen, man, I know the Lord knows your heart, and, like, that it's on that person. Like, Facts, 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 facts. Yeah, but see, if you were at your old church, you would have been like, you need to add all that up. That's and right. You need, you need to, to give it to in the offering Sunday. <laughs> You got to get along for the next three weeks. Exactly. Figure it out. Figure it out, man. That's funny. Yo, that's funny. So, yeah, so I remember you first came around the crossover. Uh, Man, side note, 
I, I remember you had this thing, man, where you, you were like 18 at the time, and uh-huh. you were convinced you were not even going to live to be 21. I you was like, I was I was certain. I'm going to be a martyr before the time I'm yeah, 21. Absolutely. And, and then you also had this other thing where you were like, well, I'm always going to be broke because I'm doing rap for God. And I yes. was like, what makes you think that? Like, you, you could... You know, not that you're going to be rich, but you could you right. can make a living off of this if if you're really good at it. And I think you are. You have potential to, you know. Yeah. Um, and and you were just like mind boggled, like, like oh, are I don't, you serious? I don't, I don't get that. Like for real? Like, and and I was trying to tell you, like, listen, this is this is how I have fed my family and provided for my family like the last 15 years because Little being in up. urban ministry. You know, like Paul made tents, I rapped, you know, and so I, the church wasn't able to pay me uh, that much or even a lot of times nothing at all. And right. so me being signed to a label, small label, but going out and doing one offs and little tours and having a merch table and, you know, just hustling, man, God provided. And yeah. I, that, that was a major stream of income to provide for my family. And I'm telling you yeah. this and you're like. For real? Like, man, wow, I didn't know that could be done. Man, you might have been, you might as well have been telling me that you found unicorns, man. <laughs> I was like, what? And I do think that, uh, so, and this is why good leadership is important because what Pastor Tommy and Pastor Tone provided for me mm-hmm. was balance. Is that in, in my own devices, I, I, I'll have good desires. Yeah. But they were, they were pendulum swinging though. They were swinging to the extreme every, you know, every step of the way I'm young, I'm zealous. I've been convinced, uh, by, you know, really martyrdom culture and and poverty theology. Cause I, I left prosperity. So I went to poverty. Way over here. (laughs) I'm trying to like get you in the middle. (laughs) Right. Right. And and you really provide, provided that for me. So, uh, that's amazing. Well, praise God, man. We were part of the journey in that season of your life. And uh, I I remember, man, when you turned, I think it was when you turned 20, um, you didn't come to church that Sunday. And I just, I hadn't seen you in like a couple weeks. And and I remember calling you and reaching out to you and you were like, Pastor T, I'm just, man, I'm depressed. I'm I turned 20. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? You were just, yeah, you were going through some different emotions. I did. And, that's your right, though. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, man. I, and I, I didn't plan on talking about that in the podcast. No, this please. is all coming back I'm, to my memory. Hey, I'm comfortable with it. Yo, thank you for reminding me that, though. I really, I really believed. I really believe I was, that martyrdom was. Yeah, you were like, you know, I got one year. I got less than one year left now. I'm 20. <laughs> Because I'm not going to make it to 21. So, oh, my goodness. I'm not coming out the house. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was sure. And I think that's probably even a part of the the panic of the the, kind of the evangelical church, which I was very much influenced by because I was at I was in Bible college at that time. And I'm I'm Mm -hmm. learning about um, about. The, you know, the, the voice of the martyrs and Fox Book of Martyrs and yeah. and persecution and and everyone's like judgment is coming judgment. So everyone's hitting that drum. Yeah. And and to me, it just felt like. Even if it's not coming, mm-hmm. I am wrong to enjoy my life. You know what I'm saying? It was guilt. Yeah. Lots and lots of guilt for being a not from not for not being persecuted enough you know what i'm saying almost as if we cats 
I'm as I'm talking about it because I haven't even thought about any of this stuff, man, until yeah. now. But I can see where we're, we're brothers and sisters who are crusaders. Where they're yeah. like, we have to have an enemy attacking us, and we have to be be fighting back, and and, and everything mm-hmm. feels like persecution. They want to give me a vaccine, persecution. They yep. want me to wear a mask, persecution. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're we get value in that, you know what I'm saying? You you yeah, guys did a great podcast um on conspiracy theories, man. It was so good. You and I mean oh. on Southside Rabbi. And it, it really made it made me think, you know. Um and, and I think one of the things you shared from research that you guys and I looked into it after that too, and it was like and I've seen a lot of things that have echoed what you guys said, this particular fact of um Evangelical Christians many times are the ones that fall into conspiracies the most. And the so most. conspiracies many times get marketed and pushed yeah. to that crowd because yes. they know they're susceptible to be like, oh, you know, oh. yes, because we're almost looking for something. It. And there it is. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, 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 yes. Wow. We know, like, I know they're going to put 666 on my forehead at some point. So I'm looking for it under every rock. It's coming, man. It, it, you know what I'm saying, and it's it's fear, it, and, yeah. and it's so interesting though because we ought to be the fearless ones, even mm-hmm. if all these conspiracies were true. I think we might have said this on the podcast. If all of them are true, if the worst of our fears came to fruition, will we believe in our sovereign God and His plan mm-hmm. for history that none of these things would throw Him off or throw off our destiny? Yeah. So what would not not that we shouldn't care, but what are you getting the utility? Of doing everything in your power to resist the this inevitable unfolding unfolding yeah. of the book of revelations yep, you can't stop it it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah that's good man that's good yeah. all right so so we we going down a whole nother see conspiracy know, right? theories can get you down a whole rabbit hole we're going down a whole nother path right now let's let's Pull it Let's back to it back. To, it uh, back. to 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 Tampa and those times H HGA two thousand six two thousand seven. Then we yeah. came to two thousand eight, and yeah. you guys had rapped at the church, um, you know, multiple times on Sundays and at different outreach type of events we did. And then Flavor Fest two thousand eight was coming along, and you know, we were like, man, we want you guys to to perform. And right. then in particular, you know, I, I'm the one even still to this day. Uh, I love it. I, I get to put together yes. the concert order and try to figure out like who's going to be the best at what points and, you know, when yeah. are we have the gospel presentation, when is, you know, to keep everybody engaged throughout the night, you know, you have right. a different artist. And so Lecrae was at the end of the night and he was the, the pinnacle headliner. 2008 Rebel had just came out. It broke right. records. Everybody was talking about it. And, um, and Lecrae, that, Earlier that year, he was in L.A. at Urban Youth Workers. Um, we were both okay. speaking at that event, and he had mentioned you guys. Uh. He was like, hey, man, these young dudes at your church, man. I've been hearing about them, man. Yeah, the HGA. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know, they're passionate for the Lord. Good dudes, man. I've been spending time, you know, pouring into some of them. And, and he was like, yeah, man, we've been hearing about them, man. I was like, yeah, you're going to see them at Flavor Fest, right? So I'm like, I want to make sure that Lecrae does see them at Flavor Fest because I told him and he asked about them. And so yeah. we, you know, strategically put you guys up right before uh, Lecrae. Yes. And you guys yes. did, uh, you did the ride song. And uh-huh. y'all had like 82 people on that little stage uh-huh. riding out. And man, I thought that stage was going to collapse, bro. 
I mean, it, it, it was like y'all were all jumping on the stage. I mean, you can look it up on YouTube, people, because it's still there's there's remnants of it out there on YouTube. But yeah. man, y'all shut the place down. And I remember I was in the back. Our green room at the old campus it was so small. We had a green room outside. It was under like yes. a little tent. We had some patio yes. blocks and little steps that went up to the backstage. And yes. you had a little TV monitor out there with like a little cord that ran out to it. So you could see yeah. what was happening on the stage. And I'm sitting out there with Lecrae and he's like, yo. And you could hear the noise just coming from, you know, inside of the building, even though the door was closed and everything. And he was like, yo, man, who are these? Man, this is amazing. Let's go in there. Ooh. And so we went up the two little steps, opened the door, and we're standing in the corner of the, the stage. And the stage is filled with you guys. There's a little curtain there. So we're kind of behind the, 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 the curtain, stage right. And he's just there. We're together, like, watching. And I'm just watching his face. And he was just like, yo. You know, this is incredible. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he got to see and experience (laughs) HGA. (laughs) Yo, you know what? And you and you left one detail out of the the way you the way you set that up. What was that? What was that? You also made sure that all the other stages were shut down. Yes. So so there was no other performances happening at the festival. Yep. It was just this one. We were leading up to the headliner and the group right before. Because you got to have that transition time to get everything shut down, get everybody moving to the... And so, yep, you're right. You're right. Providence, man. It was God's sovereignty. and, uh, and, And it's so crazy how the... The, the Lord was using your your our relationship, you really having discipled me and poured into me and believed in me and wanting to to extend that to to the world, using your yeah. heart for that. The Lord also like I didn't I realize I'm just thinking about it right now. We all had like the same color T-shirts on, mm-hmm. which wasn't really like. It, it almost seemed like we like we knew this was gonna happen. Like we knew that okay, we get this is our one shot. None of that. <laughs> people coming up on stage, you know, you know, how, how are people gonna? We literally, God had set everything up and we showed up and yeah. things coordinated and connected. You, God was used you to to really organize things. So it forced Lecrae to see it. We had the biggest the biggest crowd you can have that night. We got to have that as well. Yep. Along with uh the headline. Everything just sort of it was just God's God's sovereignty. And that moment, that moment is precisely why I am where I am today. Because wow. Wow. that 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 without that moment is you can talk about little things happening. God's doing stuff everywhere. That's the one thing that Lecrae said to me. He said, man, people tell me to check out people all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm sure they all have powerful things happening. But but I was, this was brought to me and I could not look away from it. Like it was, it was following me. And then I get the Flavor Fest and I see this on stage. Yeah. I, there was, it, 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 I, it became inescapable at that point. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I, I do, I do owe, I owe debt of gratitude to you, and I'm, I, and it also brings me into wonder and gratitude in what God does in organizing things to happen, you know? Yeah, man. Well, hey, man, that's humbling for me, and uh, I mean, that's always been our our heart uh, for Flavor Fest, man, is to connect people together, man, ministries together, churches with artists and vice versa, and labels with artists, and there's there's so many stories you know, that happened over the years, but this is really like my favorite one, man. <laughs> because even to see like remembering that, you know, you know, young 17, 18 year old when you first started actually coming into crossover and you yeah. had all that, 
you know, like you said, the pendulum was going from one end yes. to the other. Yes. And, but just to see the raw talent and the potential inside of you and then to see even where God's taken it um, yeah. over the years, man, I just want to say, like, I am super, super proud of you, man, because you went from, like, you know, getting the Tide box robbed in your house and, like, having no furniture in the house. Everybody slept on the floor. There was, there was no furniture in there, man, which was actually great because you could pack a lot of people in for Bible study. Everybody right. sat That's on the floor. There was nothing yeah. in the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you went from that of, like, getting the lights turned off regularly and just not yeah. having gas money and, like, past tea, you know, like, we just need gas, you know. You went from that to you know, not thinking you'd live to 21, not thinking you could make a living off of this to becoming yeah. an incredible entrepreneur. Mm. And, and I want to say, man, I'm really proud of you on that Thank because um, that's been something that's been wired in me. I'm, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur and a pastor, but yes. you know, I think when you're in urban ministry, you have to have some of that entrepreneurial yeah. side to be able to make things fit and flow and have other streams of income to watch the vision really, you know, propel and happen. Yes. And so just yeah. to watch, man, um, what God has done in your life. I know I was just uh, kind of the beginning piece of that, but then as you know, you got signed to reach and you were just in a lot of different circles, uh, even beyond here and Tampa and everything. Uh, man, I think you've just, you're a learner, you're a genius and you're smart and you absorb that stuff like a sponge. And so to watch and see what you've done, even with uh, your company. And I want to talk yeah. about that for a few minutes because a lot of people may just know KB the artist and they really don't know a lot about native, uh, yeah, native yeah. supply, native creative, yep. and and just all the stuff you even have encompassed um, in, in this building. You have you have like I don't know what do you got like seven thousand square feet or something where you're yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, and it started with like yeah, like a little one thousand square foot spot, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now like you got people working. You're putting people to work, bro. Yeah. And you're yeah. putting people that have gifts and talents and creative abilities and you're partnering with them and you're giving them a platform to take that, you know, to the next level. And right. so, man, talk a little bit about native and maybe what that journey was or how you even had the idea. Cause I know it did start in your garage the first yeah. weekend and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes, exactly, man. Um, well said. And thank you for every, for all of that. That's encouraging to my soul, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, HGA Productions is kind of like the umbrella. We, you know, we we have Native Supply, where we're doing the e-commerce and 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 you know, so that's all my HGA merchandise. I mean, what I've got on right now, the custom stuff and so on and so forth, is all ran from Native Supply. But then we also support other artists and other mm -hmm. influencers. Um, there, you know, we we we're actually rolling out. Um, we're connecting with a uh, this uh, this sister who was uh, actually on um, the Bachelorette a couple seasons ago. She's a solid believer. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I think I, I've, I've never watched the Bachelorette, but I think she was like she was like the last one of the last two girls. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, oh wait, Bachelorette is where they're choosing. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard of it. I, I just remember there was there was, was one the with the guys. I don't I know who she is now. She loves the Lord um, and has a tremendous impact um, with, with young girls and folks like her and, and Jackie Hill Perry and others mm -hmm. that outside of me, we have a list of individuals of people who are doing good in the world that my, my philosophy has been simple. What native has been to me is been like that, which loosens the binds of, of, uh, 
all these commitments that when well, I say commitments, all these sort of um, as a as as an artist, I have a lot of obligations, yeah. and sometimes those obligations aren't um, up to choice. It's either I do them or I don't. I don't. I can't eat, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what what happens is, especially if uh, the opportunities are t- are are too plentiful, where it's like I don't know which ones to choose, which ones not to choose, you can then begin to not even think about it spiritually at all. So you're not even praying about what what opportunities you should take. You're just looking at the at the money because I I need to eat or I know I need to 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 save or whatever yep. it may be. And it can get cloudy. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. That. Oftentimes, when you're hungry for money or desperate for money, things get cloudy. Mm, and that's good. There's other things that you would love to do if you can pull away from other from some some obligation, but you could do it comfortably. You could you could serve the way you want to serve, or, or retreat, or rest the way you all kinds mm-hmm. of things. Having a source of income that is almost uh, mailbox like that allows you to have some breathing room. Yeah, it's a real spiritual thing. That's it's not just a Dave Rams, you know, you yeah. know, sort of like like this isn't just like financial peace so that I can 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 live life large. I mean, mm-hmm. financial peace so that I can serve the kingdom, that I can be the healthiest version of me, that I can pour myself into the, the that mm. which cannot pay me. Like you talked about urban ministry. Yep. You almost cannot do urban ministry with not having without having some kind of entrepreneurial streak in you. Yeah. Because you're serving the working class and you by no means want to join the legacy of people who have churches yep. and have oppressed the working class uh-huh. and, and, and and not empowered them. So my conviction has been simple. If God can give us these outlets that we can steward well, that are connecting with the, the grand story that we're trying to tell through our music and our ministry. Uh, and merchandise is a perfect thing that does that. I was just talking yep. to somebody about that today, how... For a lot of our supporters, being able to put the shirt on their back is like the consummation of their their, their loyalty. Their, their, it's uh, it, it basically brings them into the family. It's like official for them. And 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 if we have an audience of people who are like, I'm here to listen to what you have to share. Mm-hmm. I feel the burden to steward their expect their expectation and steward their willingness to listen by being the the best as sharp as i can spiritually to 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 be you know as healthy as i can as a man mm-hmm. all the things that i need to be effective in ministry it works together where them buying this t-shirts allows me not to do 4 billion shows yeah. it allows me to to be a better to, husband be a better be father a, and yeah. a father and a minister of the gospel. Yeah. All of those things, it, it's just so it's it's powerful, man, how how God uses something like not living check to check mm-hmm. to grow you spiritually. Mm. Not living at risk to, to, to have some stability. It helps to cut down on temptations. That 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 kind of stretch puts you in all kinds of compromising places. Yeah. Artists sign deals they shouldn't sign. Mm. Artists go do things they wouldn't do. That they, they they become desperate to 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 link up with folks that they probably shouldn't be linking up with. There's just something about that, and I think that that's what I want to do. I want to. That's what my company has done for me, and that's what we do for artists. We want to put hundreds of thousands of dollars in your pocket every year that you didn't have to think about. So if Jackie needs to go 
away and write a book and she needs to do three months of not speaking, you can go do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and uh, not that that's her situation. She's probably not a good example. Uh, Jackie's rich. But anyways. <laughs> but, man, you know, it's just uh, what I, what I want to do is that I want to create resource for people. And, and Native is one way that we do that. We also have the, the production in. I have, by God's grace, in our space, one of the largest psych walls in Tampa. Um, so we also want, you know, the, the, you know, there's ministries that are doing excellent work who mm-hmm. don't really have the budget to rent out something like that for a week. Well, it's free. If you come here, I'm already charging Joe Smo off the street to rent this thing. And I'm going to let that pay for the wall. But I'm also going to allow it to make room for if you got a series that you're that, that you know, that you're doing on justice and the gospel mm-hmm. and you need somewhere dope to shoot it. You can come to my space and shoot it for free. Man, you know what I mean? Bro. That's my thing. I want to empower resource, whether that's with production, whether that's with merchandise, uh, whether that's with media content. That's my vision. That's what I always want to be doing. I don't need to be in the front. I, I don't need to be the dude that everybody knows is doing this, that, or the other. I rarely even talk about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't, because a lot of people yeah. don't even know that you're the owner of Native. Yeah. It's not like yeah. your your face is plastered all right. over, you know, everything. Yeah. You're, you're not the ditty of Sean John. Like, if people right. be like, <laughs> who, right. who runs this? And, uh, yeah, I know you connected with some new marketing people. You were telling this was a couple of years back. And yes. you're like, man, we have a lot of people buying our merch now that don't even know that, don't know who I am. Who I am, or they're not KB fans, or not even into sixty percent hip hop. They like the merch, and that's beautiful, yeah. man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, man, sir. I'm proud of you, man. I want to come by and see uh, the new spot because you just got yeah, a bigger sure. spot, man. For Warehouse. Sure. You got the podcast studio in there, uh-huh. and some of the other stuff you're talking about. Conference yes, rooms sir. and yes, man, you're there right now as we're filming this, right? I am. Yeah, I'm in my in my studio right now. Ah, yeah, so if right you're watching now. this. You'll be able to see that. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. So, hey, man, on the on the latest record, the reason I'm bringing this up is we're doing a series right now in the book of Ephesians. Okay. And uh, doing an expository series. And uh, we're in chapter two this week and where, you know, it talks about we're a masterpiece. And so, Amen. yeah, I told you, man, I'm going to actually show the video this Sunday tight right. right in the middle of the message. Oh. But, um, but I want you to talk a little bit about that. That's your latest release uh, video-wise. And I know it was dedicated to your daughter and me. I got two girls. So when I yes. first heard the song, even before the video came out, like, you know, I played it for my daughters and I'm like, check this out. You know, yeah. told Diana, like, this was KB. You were in a, you were a flower girl on his wedding. In you wedding, yes. You know, and she just turned 18, bro. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. But, uh, but man, talk a little bit about it. And then we're going to play the song. And if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, you'll be able to just watch the video if you haven't seen it yet. So, man, yeah. set up the song a little bit, Kay. Yeah, for sure. So this song is called Masterpiece. Um, I literally uh, started writing it before I knew I was going to have a daughter. Each one of my children, I hope to be a daughter. And then the third one, I got my I got my baby girl. So I kind of had the melody and idea in my mind. Uh, but after my baby was born and I had this, this story of, of, of I won't get into the details of it, but it was this drama of me even getting down. I missed the birth by a hair. And, uh, and I finally was, I did, man, I'd watch it through FaceTime. I'm on most in the airport. Uh, my wife literally went into labor as the boarding door closed. And at that point it's illegal to get off. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was about to fake a heart attack. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But anyways, um, I got home. I, 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 I uh, flew to Orlando and and had a driver take me to Tampa and got to the hospital, ran up, and I just hold, held my sweet baby and mm. um, and went down to the car and started pinning all the things that I want her to know. It, you know, stuff, and I wanted to write it in such a way because uh, this isn't really a song that my audience really gets into. They want to hear Jesus jams. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. I wrote the song in a way that it was for an audience of one. It was this for Nala that I wanted her to have something she can reference of mine that she can't get me on the phone or if God forbid I'm not here, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She has this song that she can hear my voice singing over her, talking about how I understand what she's feeling. I I want her to know that, that daddy is not, basing his love off of how well you perform in life mm-hmm. what, what what you become i'm going to love you regardless because you're always going to be my daughter and um so I, I i wrote this song to as a place for her to have as a north star and um and i hope by god's grace that a lot of fathers can bring this kind of you know, message and vibe and commitment to their daughters because it gets tricky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Our daughters are going to do things that are going to disappoint us. Our daughters are going to do things that... Yeah. that Wait we till the teenagers. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what all the fathers, all the fathers out there listening to this right now with teens, like, let's, let's, let's see if you sing that song in 10 years. <laughs> but I said that, I said that though, because I said, I made that song, Not Pie in the Sky. I have a line in there when, that you'll hear that I say, listen, you know, when you fall, because you're going to fall, mm-hmm. baby girl. I, 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 I'm under no delusions. Come to me, which is exactly what the father says to us. Yeah. I know you're weak and frail and falling. But after or even while you are before you even got off the ground, come to me. I will not cast you out. You know what I'm saying? So that's mm. what this song is about. So this is my. Uh, my song, newest video, masterpiece. Yeah, masterpiece, man. I I love it, bro. And uh, I want to say this, man. You're you're brave too, because artistry wise, it, it was something totally different that we got Very to good. see from KB. Yes, like because yes, yes. like you said, you're usually doing like you know the hype jams and stuff. Yeah. And, and even like, man, you you have a you have a, a vibe like when you watch some of these videos and like I remember the video you've done some videos like in Southside St. Pete yeah, yeah everybody yeah. like hanging on the porch and you know uh what was the song like everybody was like you were in the car and they were breaking the the windows yes. and everything and like, yeah, like yeah 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 oh the, yeah nobody own us yeah nobody nobody own us and then I love man when you're walking I always wanted to ask you bro when you're walking across that table with all those old white dudes man like yes. where did you find those guys at man <laughs> you know what's so funny is that don't nobody own us uh, which is another song that that was really it was about my heart. It was more than it was about making something that would, you know, that was like a ear candy for the audience. I, I felt like I needed to say that. Yeah, that, that was a statement for me. In fact, I made it. I the first time I did the song, it it, it performed okay, but not. I had songs on the, in the album that did way better than that, like yeah. not today and stuff like that. But the video but I, painted the picture, bro. That video was dope. Just make it clear, you know what I'm saying? But man. I actually shot two versions of that video. So I shot the one video in LA that was uh, um, 
uh, Latch Lab, one of my favorite production companies. They organized all of that because that's what they got. They 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 listen to the song. Okay, they're not from our space at all. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't think that they're Christians. Uh, so they heard the song and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, man, yes, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The white white man got his knee on our neck. So. Yep. And like I a tried. bunch of white record executives. Yeah, so know? they were like, "We're gonna make a table." So it was, it was way, way worse than that. So it was originally, it was a table with a bunch of white dudes, only white dudes around it. Yeah. I even, I was like, "Man, you know, it's some black people that 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 could maybe fit at this table too, brother." You know, what I'm saying it's like, "Oh <laughs> man, we gotta tell the story." So I'm like, "Okay." So they had them like there, they're all dressed up and stuff like that, and then they're eating food, but the food's all rotten. And then there's like there's a there's a a shot uh it, it's 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 trying to make them look evil. So they they yeah. there was a scene that we had we had taken out of them eating a spot. We had a real tarantula there oh, walking wow. across the table, and a dude gets up like grabs the tarantula, and then it's like a fake one. Yeah, and he bites into it, and it oozes out of his mouth, and blood is cut. I was like, dog, this Yo. mug is going. Hey, doctor, <laughs> like, I want to make the, I want to make the point. I want to make the point, sir. But but I also want to be a, a tool of reconciliation. I want to, you know, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, to a, yeah. a certain degree. So, anyways, we added other elements and took a little bit of that out. But it was saying what it said. You yeah, know, what I'm saying, absolutely, man. And those at the table, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily, at least for me, it probably was for Sam. But for me, it wasn't trying to communicate white people in general. Yeah. But it, it represented the industry. Yep, uh, that's what I call looks, like record label it executives. Yeah, yeah, they don't exactly. own you. You're gonna say what right. you want to say. They can't right. control right. you. That's what right. I got right. out of it. Yeah, okay. So that, that, that was dope. But anyways, all that to say, like you've done <laughs> so many like those, you know, those kind of messages. Like, don't nobody yeah. own us. There's no chains on us. You know, uh, and, and all the hype jams. And then you do this like song where you sing to your daughter. Yeah. There's no yeah. rapping in it. There's no, no. It's just you know. So I wanted to say that was brave and it was dope. Thank you, man. And I That's think a lot right. of people respect it. And a lot of the next generation needs to see that side of men and fatherhood. Yes. yes. That yes. it's not always just about, you know, the high, but there's this soft side of us where, you know, we can love our daughters and we can um, pour into them and care for them, man. So Absolutely. So, yeah. Bravo, man. To you, Thank bro. You, brother. Props to you, man. That, man. Yes, sir. So. Uh, I guess one of the last things I want to chop about real quick is is we were right here in my office a um, couple couple weeks ago, and it was funny. I'm sitting in here, and Social Club was uh, in concert here at Crossover that night, and yeah. uh, you know we were hanging out in my office with them, and and then they they went to go do like the VIP thing, and you know they're doing Q and A out there, and I'm listening to it through uh, the the monitor in my in my office, and I'm eating my dinner real quick before the show starts. And right. they're like, yeah, all right, well, we're going to be back in a few minutes, and we got a special surprise guest for you tonight. So I'm like, oh, man, I wonder who the guest is, you know? And I was like, maybe it's Dayton, because Dayton like lives in Dayton an area, and good. I know Dayton yeah. just did something with Marty. They did an EP not too long ago. And I looked down, and my phone was ringing, and it was you. I'm like, KB, <laughs> his brother ain't called me in a minute. Like, we texted, but, you know, if KB calls me, like, oh, yeah. like, what's up, man? They're like, Pastor T, are you at the church? I'm like, I'm in my office. Like, I'm at the side door, man. Can you let me in? I, I need to talk to you about something. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, man, it was good to see you, bro, because we haven't it seen was. each other through the whole pandemic in uh -huh. person. Right. You know? right, right, and right, so we right. got to chop for a little bit. And uh, uh -huh. you share with me about something that really excited me because, 
you know, if you're watching this on video, you can see this wall right here and all this mm. crazy history up on the wall. And um, you're going to be part of putting together and kind of curating this uh, documentary that's right, going right, to be right, on right. some Christian hip-hop-like history. So talk about that for a minute, man. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm sorry. My, I'm on my iMac. My wife just texted me to pray for her. So I had to throw a quick prayer up real quick in my mind. All right. So, all right. All right. So, um, yes, um, myself and, and Wes, um, good friend of mine, have been for a few years now plotting about telling the story of Christian hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, and really, really from the perspective of uh, of the artists who started it mm -hmm. um, and then also from the how the audience received it because i do think that there is there's one way to tell the story of christian hip-hop that really centers around what's most popping in christian hip-hop which is reach reach records yeah uh, which i've been a part of and a lot of my friends I, I my a lot of my friends are, are there um in fact they're they're actually doing a documentary as well that's going to be really good um called unashamed um i hope i can share that well everyone already knows they've been working on that so yeah that's um, no secret man it was in the soul yet. mag years ago it was, it was in finally gonna get it done yeah. Yeah, yeah so um but we also wanted to in addition you know we what we want to do is is put something together that helps people to understand how the movement progressed mm -hmm. and and look at where it, it had some had its sort of pitfalls and look at where its victories were. What was the measurement yeah. of our impact? Are we better off now that we make more, that some of us are making more money? As I would argue that Christian hip hop is making far less money than it made when it first started. Uh, it's just a few people who are making all of the money. Mm -hmm. um, but before that though, what, what happened with the resources being depleted? What's the what, what, what's its impact in the uh, on the audience itself, as I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago. So I, we want to tell it from that perspective yeah. and really bring in, you know, what I'm saying the, the 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 kind of soul of the movement in perhaps ways that haven't been told before. So uh, I, I'm excited about that. And I'm hoping I'm hoping by God's grace uh, that we can we can have something to present next year. Man, that would be awesome, man. I'm yeah. excited about it. The story, story needs to be told. You know, yeah. definitely. I think, you know, in in mainstream hip hop, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that tells the story of a lot of artists and how it progressed, and you know, all the different things. And there's tons right. of stuff out there. But for right. our, you know, particular genre, subgenre, you know, movement, there hasn't been a lot that's really told the whole story. Parts right. of it, you know, but the whole thing. And kind of the errors and explaining it, man, I think right. that'd be really dope. It's needed. So, right. Facts. Yeah. Well, listen, Facts. I know people can find you on your podcast regularly. I know that's what you've been working on a lot right now. Yeah. And uh, in this space right now, like what what's next? You told me a little bit about a book. Yes. You're working on a book, man. That's what's yeah. up, bro. Yes, I am. I am, man. Finally, um, I'm hoping to be done with it by the summer and I have a long way to go. So y'all please pray for me. Um, but, uh, excuse let me. me, let me ask you this, man. So for you, I'm an artist that did albums, right? Yeah. Um, and then I started doing books as well. What, what, so, so far in your journey, I know maybe you're new in the, in the, in the book writing journey, but what do you think is harder right now 
the book or the book or the music. Man, you know what's crazy? Um, I feel like the book is way easier than everything else I'm doing, man. Wow. Okay. If if, if I I've sat in here and wrote, I've written chapters that are way too long because I, I I feel like this is only I think probably some some respect I've been preparing for this in my regular life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think writing, recording, and obviously performing because not the perform, but the traveling to perform and all the stuff that leads up to it. Yeah. That's I feel like that takes more of a tax on me. Mm. Um, where writing feels like therapy. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm almost, um, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a, it's a puzzle piece that is fitting in my calling. Perfect. Man, that's good, bro. Yeah. yeah and you know yeah. what? I mean, that makes sense for you. If you know your history, um, not everybody may know this about you, but didn't you finish high school when you were like 16? I did. You yeah. Know, well, and- I, I, I finished, uh, so I, I finished, excuse me, I finished high school when I was 18, but I had also graduated college at the same time. Yeah. See, I mean, that, that's yeah. crazy. I know you've always been like uh, big into, you know, academia and like, you know, writing and, and like, so that, that would seem like, yeah, that would be a natural thing, man. It's like an outlet for you to, to right, right. It that way. And you, I don't have to make it rhyme. That, that's what Yeah, music can have a whole different pressure level to it. <laughs> Definitely. Right, right, right. Definitely. So can so. you give us like a little glimpse of what maybe, yeah. maybe the book's about? Yes. Right here on the Flavor Fest Leadership Podcast, That's like let us let us know a something something. <laughs> so um yeah, so right now the 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 working title for the book is Dangerous Christians, and uh, and it it is basically walking through the ways that there are uh so it, it's basically walking through these different topics that show that dealing with these different topics that give us an opportunity to be dangerous for the kingdom of God or be dangerous for the kingdom of darkness. So Mm. the premise of the book is Christianity and its purity, which I think is best defined by the gospel that the gospel purely understood and, and the faith in Christian ethics purely worked into our lives makes us a good kind of dangerous. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Like a, a weapon in the hand of God to do great things in this world. But, as powerful things are like fire or water or even oxygen that these very things if misappropriated can do unspeakable violence to Mm. people and unspeakable harm and if the gospel is at the pinnacle of that which is the most impactful for a world if understood correctly then it's important for us to then contrast how its misappropriations have damaged us and then made Christians damaging people. Mm. So I'm I'm going through being uh, dangerous with our money and how you can have and being dangerous with our fight for justice, being dangerous yeah. with our our spirituality, being dangerous in our fatherhood, d- dangerous in our disciplines. So it, it walks through all of these contrasting, as Frederick Douglass puts it, the Christianity of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, versus the Christianity of Christ. Mm. Yeah. So when when do you think the release is going to be of the book? Do you, do you have any idea yet? Well. What's up? That'll be next year as well. Next year sometime. All yeah. right. So so are you talking to any publishers? I'm I'm already signed to um to um. Wow, they're gonna shoot me for not knowing this right now. Um, 
He's already signed people. I have a deal. I have a deal. He has a deal. With my editor right now, she's amazing. Uh, Tyndale, idiot. Tyndale, of course. So I'm I'm, Tyndale. They they are the owners of the NLT version. That's right. That is right. That's right. One of my favorite versions. They're actually the only publisher I talked to. Um, They were the first and last publisher I talked to. In fact, they they pursued me. Somebody from their team showed up at one of my meet and greets wow. um, and said, I'm here to say, God bless you, but we want you. And mm. um, and, you know, there was no long negotiation, nothing like that. They, they were like, what do you want? Let's do it. And that's how it went down. And they are great. They are focused on the kingdom, focused mm-hmm. on 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 the gospel. I, I could not have asked to be at a better, better publisher. Yeah, I know some I've worked with some Tyndale people on some stuff before and. They've worked with us with Soul Mag and different things in the past. And, you know, they presented me with a NLT Bible at Flavor Fest and nice. they got me hooked on that version. That was probably about a decade yes. ago. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, there's, there's yeah. some good people over there. So that's awesome, bro. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, thank you, man, for your time today, for, for being with us on the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast. Um, any last words, man, you want to leave the people with? Man, just uh, be encouraged, man. That we have trouble in this world. I, I know it. We all know it. Uh, but God has overcome. Christ has overcome. And uh, I'm asking the Lord to help that truth be reality to my heart. And I pray the same thing for you. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for all the times you've been at Flavor Fest. And we're hoping to get you back at Flavor Fest. Yes. Soon. We're doing one this year. Is there we, one? We are, man. And as soon as yeah. we get all, I, I didn't want to put you on like blast on the middle of the podcast because we're recording it right now. But, yeah. you know, if you want to come, you can. I do want to come. You do want to come. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. you yes. heard it first it. right here. And I remember like a few weeks ago when you were in this office, you were telling me like, yeah, man, I'm not really going to travel too much this year. And well, I can drive across the street. But you can drive right down here because we're about like 15, 20 minutes away from your crib. Yes. And you don't have to stay in a hotel. You can sleep in your bed. That's right. You can come fellowship with everybody. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's October the 7th, 8th, and 9th. Flavor Fest 2021 It's going down. It's going to be in person. We're ready to come back in person. People ready to come back to concerts. Things are getting better. It's going to be way better by then in Jesus' name. But, Kay, last thing, man, if you could pray for everybody, man. Pray for the leaders that are watching this. There's pastors. There's church planners. There's artists. There's entrepreneurs. There's all kinds of leaders that uh, tune into the Flavor Fest podcast and those that come to the conference and those that are going to come because they first check this out, man. So just close this out with a quick quick prayer, bro. Thanks. Uh, well, thank you so much for this pastor, Tommy. Uh, Father, we come before your name, your son, Jesus. Just thank you for his grace and his mercy towards us, oh, Lord. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, for being our God. Mm. Um, Father, we ask you to bless those who have uh, tuned in to this uh, podcast. I pray, Lord, that they were edified and encouraged by it, they were lifted, um, that they were given another shot of grace and it would work towards their endurance. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, you would spread the impact of this podcast across the nation, O oh Lord, that these are the kinds mm-hmm. of podcasts that would be prominent in people's minds, and Lord, that you would use these kinds of podcasts to really begin to, to deafen and eclipse those that those types of messages and preaching and, and, and rapping or whatever it may be, those the, the kind that is detracting from your glory. Father, allow mm-hmm. this to eclipse that, Lord. Allow us to 
begin to dominate the Christian mind with the gospel yeah. uh, of your son. Father, would you use this to be a part of your mission to make your name famous across this country, mm -hmm. across this world, oh God. We love you in the name of your son, we pray, amen. My man, K to the second letter. Love that guy. Super excited. You heard it here. He is going to come to Flavor Fest 2021 in October. So you don't want to miss it. Go to flavorfest.org. It's going to be October 7th through the 10th at Crossover Church down in Tampa, Florida. And yo, stay locked in next week on the podcast. The next podcast that we drop is going to have a, another legend in CHH who is now transitioning into pastoral leadership. A guy that's an OG from Philly, my hometown, part of the Cross Movement. Yeah, one of the original members of Cross Movement Records. I'm talking about the truth. The truth is actually he moved to Atlanta really recently. We're going to talk to him, have a conversation. He is actually part of Hillsong Church ATL, Hillsong Church Atlanta. They are launching. They just launched this summer, 2021. And I love his title, y'all. His title is The Pastor of apologetics yes so so we're going to talk about that so you definitely want to tune into the next episode of the flavor fest urban leadership podcast and check out flavorfest.org for flavor fest the conference the leadership conference and festival that's going down in october 2021 and again if you're listening and you are a pastor maybe you're not a pastor of apologetics like the truth but maybe you're a lead pastor associate pastor uh executive pastor church planter whatever um the innovative pastors network want to invite you to go check it out check if you're watching this on youtube like this is the box this is an innovation box this thing is dope looking my man spec designed this but we'll mail you one of these if you join the network. There's lots of goodies and resources in it that we use. And uh, we share innovative things that we're doing at Crossover Church and some other churches that are doing innovative stuff around the country. They're regularly featured on uh, the monthly the monthly Zoom innovation gathering. So you can learn more about that at, if you're watching this, there's the website right there, translationleadership.com. And you can sign up for it through that. Yeah, or just DM me if you can't find all that. DM me on social media. I'll get you connected. But hey, y'all, I hope to see you guys on the next episode as we talk to the pastor of apologetics, the truth. And he's still dropping music. It's still fire. So until then, guys, I'm out. Thanks for tuning into the Flavor Fest, Urban Leadership Podcast. Stay connected with us on social media at UrbanD813 and at Flavor Fest. Talk to you guys next week. Peace and God bless.